Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to another episode of Animator Interviews. My name is Evan Vernon. I'm a contributor at Animation for Adults, as well as Animation Nights New York, also known as Annie. For those new to Annie, we are a monthly screening event and yearly festival that celebrates the very best in animation talent. Our artists come from all across the globe, and many have gone on to have their work featured at Cannes and other prominent festivals. Our next screening is scheduled for Sunday, May 23rd. Films will be available from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time with virtual mixers from 3 to 5 and 8 to 10. We've got a special guest today. Amanda Banayuto is with me now. Amanda holds an MFA in experimental animation and currently works as a freelance artist in New York. Amanda's music video, Annihilation Song, was commissioned by alt-pop band Rubble Bucket in 2018 and is an apt addition to their latest album, Sun Machine. Featuring mysterious travelers, singing birds, and vast, psychedelic landscapes, Annihilation Song suits Rubble Bucket's indie sound and brings their music to life in ways that only animation can. Amanda's talent needs no defense, however. Her work has been screened at several festivals, including Annecy, and includes many collaborations beyond Annihilation Song. As more musicians notice Amanda, we can be sure to expect plenty of exciting music videos down the road. When she isn't animating, Amanda is also a teacher and currently instructs part-time at the New School in Manhattan. Today, she's kindly agreed to talk about her film, her career, and her advice for young, rising artists. Amanda, thanks for coming today. I'm going to start with the same question we ask all of our guests. What got you into animation? Oh, man, that might be a long answer. I think uh, it was sort of a slow discovery for me. I started out in like a fine art school. So I was doing a lot of painting, but it was it was super interdisciplinary. Like it was a school that had no majors. You didn't have grades, like you didn't have to choose anything. Um, so I was painting, I was making sculptures, I was making like video art. And I think the, the combination of those things kind of naturally led me to animation. And like once I discovered it and was taking some animation classes, uh, I was like, in but I think my my in was not really like television or cartoon based it was like from a fine art lens so I I was approaching it from this weird way where I was I don't know trying to use like materials to make my animation so I think the first one I ever made was like a sand animation which you know I'd, I'd probably watch like a Caroline Leaf I'd probably watch like one of her films and was just like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do exactly the same thing. And cause it, it felt like a moving painting, which like made total sense for me. So I built this like huge rig 
out of like metal piping and wood and I had like clamped a camera to it and I was just like pressing the button and taking a yeah. photo of like my sand animation um like blindly like there was no ca capture software at that point so it was a journey but yeah I mean that was my that was my entry point and from there uh I played around with a lot of different types of animation for a, a couple years and then ended up going to grad school at CalArts mm -hmm. and that's where I got really into uh, drawing. I, it hadn't really occurred to me to try uh, like hand-drawn animation until I took a class called Drawn Techniques at CalArts and that kind of like changed my life and my whole uh, approach. So that's how. Yeah well thank you for um, giving us an overview there. I'm sure that's just the cliff notes Amanda but that already tells us <laughs> a lot. And it kind of leads into my next question too. You talked about your interest in fine art and experimenting with different media. And then you look at the content that you're producing now. Um, I mean, take Annihilation Song, right? The film that we're covering today as an example. It's very psychedelic, very kind of avant-garde. Do you feel like your fine art background kind of informed that style? Tell us a little bit about how you developed this very unique aesthetic. Yeah, I, I yeah avant-garde and psychedelic that's funny yeah I think um when I like when I give like an artist talk or when I like try to look back on older work that like predates like Annihilation Song or any of this hand-drawn work um I like for example I used to make a lot of soft sculptures and I would make the they they were like characters and they were all they were all kind of like based off of like women in my family or like deceased like ancestors or like um but they all had like the same weird face uh and also this sort of like shape and when I look at my hand-drawn characters and sort of like the world that they're living in I like fully see this through line where I'm like oh it's like sort of the same thing just like in a different medium but I think outside of that like there was something like inherent going on there but I think outside of that like I don't know that drawing style just developed very slowly um and I think probably like just by looking at a lot of different animation, uh, especially once I got to grad school, like uh, a huge part of that program, it, it was the experimental animation program. A huge part of that was just like looking at so many films like every day. And I think like if we're being like perfectly honest, like you kind of like in my experience, like I watched a ton of things and I like picked what I loved from all of them and just like started like, it was just like like congealing into one big ball that sort of turned yeah. into like what I'm making. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. You talk about different content kind of having a hand in inspiring your style. I hesitate to make comparisons between artists, but was Bill Plimpton ever in the picture? Not, not Bill Plimpton, but I'm sure Bill Plimpton and I have some similar inspirations. Mm. A couple years, a few years ago, like when I was developing the hand-drawn stuff like for the first time I was definitely really into Igor Kovalyov, Mikhaila Pavlatova, mm -hmm. like definitely like kind of a lot of Eastern European stuff and a lot of like contemporary Japanese animation. Mm. Uh, but you know I, I think Bill Plimpton definitely pulls from some of that stuff but I Bill Plimpton's films sometimes bother me. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, Amanda, what I'm hearing is that making a, a direct comparison isn't very fair. 
it's an amalgam of influences that you've kind of repurposed to create your own look and find your own voice. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's that's how it goes or that's how it's gone for me. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing that, Amanda. I, I'd like to go ahead and talk about the film a bit. Um, this is the first time actually that we've covered a music video for our interview series. So that alone makes this really unique. Um, it also opens up a lot of other questions about your artistic process. So tell us first about uh, Rubble Bucket, the um, band that made Annihilation Song. How did your partnership begin? How did you end up making this film? Yeah, so I had just graduated from CalArts and a producer who had I had been working with that year on other projects, like a project for The Atlantic, knew Rubble Bucket and had basically with one of the band leaders like had a hang where she was like hanging out on the floor and like showing her a bunch of animation and that that person really liked my work and so Rubble Bucket one of the band leaders Cal just sent me an email kind of out of the blue like a week after I had graduated and was like hey we got this Apple grant uh, to make a music video and we'd really love to work with you you can do whatever you want <laughs> no rules, like just get it to us by this date. Otherwise we lose the money and we're good. So it was just like, like that, like it just happened sort of organically, um, which was a huge, I was so psyched. Like it was going to be my first commission after graduating. Mm -hmm. um, and I had like three and a half weeks to make it, which is actually completely nuts, but happens definitely with music video deadlines but it was tricky because like all my work for the most part, all my work is like hand-drawn on paper. Mm -hmm. So there are like 15 processes that I have to go through before I like have the final image. So it was tough, but, and I was working from like 7am to like 9pm pretty much every day for that whole period. But I was like so fully enmeshed in this world of the video uh, that it was just like, very joyful <laughs> it was so fun to work on yeah. um yeah that's the origin story there yeah well, that's really interesting first of all that's super impressive I'm not an animator myself but the fact that you created such an intricate and fluid piece of art in the span of three weeks is nothing less than amazing so thanks for sharing that detail Amanda well, well, I got I got an injury while I was like an animation injury while I was doing it too so this oh, is like really? a, like like uh, one day I got up and sat down at my drafting table and my I'm left-handed my left hand was like tremoring and I noticed that my left leg was kind of numb so I ended up having to go to like uh, urgent care and they were like go to the emergency room and then I went to the emergency room and uh, I had they don't really they were like what have you been doing and I was like animating <laughs> and they were like you pinched like a major nerve and like there's nothing we could do about it you just have to rest. Oh, wow. I had to take a couple of days off, which was like really, at the time I was really annoyed by it, but then I was like, no, you got to listen to your body. And animation is like, really, it's a labor intensive thing. So like, yeah, yeah warning, <laughs> don't do what I did take care of yourself. Yeah. You never really think of um, pinched nerves as a workplace hazard, but if you're sitting at a desk that long, it's, it happens, I guess. Yep. Wow. Yep. Totally. Well, Amanda, thanks for giving us some context there. I think you've already 
at least in part answered my next question. You said that Rubble Bucket basically gave you free reign to do whatever you wanted with this video. And your portfolio, if I'm not mistaken, includes a lot of other music videos. Is this typical for you? Do these artists usually just approach you and say, do as you please? Or is the does the power dynamic kind of vary? Have you found yourself in a situation where you maybe have a little less control in the artist, the musician in this case, wants their vision to be realized in a very specific way. I think I've been really lucky and also have been very like clear in communicating with, with collaborators. I think Rubble Bucket was a really good one for me to start with because they gave me permission to do that. And I, I think we were all really happy with what happened, like with the results of it. Yeah. So from there, the types of jobs that I would get, like from that video alone, were like, how did you do that? Can you use a similar approach for us? Um, and I would say, yeah, like here was the approach. They gave me the song and told me to do whatever I wanted to do. And nice. so there was like, a, I think there's like always like a certain amount of like a trust curve that happens, but I have never made a music video that wasn't, you know, under my, full creative control and I feel really really lucky for that and they've always you know they've been really good collaborations I do though sometimes do other jobs where it is a little bit more of either something that's like co-directed or like directed by me but then we'll do go through like rounds of notes but I've never really had that I've never had that with a music video it's always been like here's the thing what do you think <laughs> um and I've just been lucky <laughs> Well, you've, you've given us some really valuable information there. You know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are just animation fans, but we also have listeners in the industry. So for people who are maybe considering following a career path similar to your own, it's good to know that there's this environment of mutual respect between artists. And, and like you said, just, just trust, you know, musicians know that you're the animator and you know how to best realize their vision on a visual level. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and understanding and like really practicing communication like no like trust the trust gets built from like really open communication so like yeah. and that can mean like anything like laying out your idea really clearly or saying like this is what my process looks like like usually I come up with a lot of ideas during the animation process is that yeah. okay with you like that kind of that kind of conversation well, this is a lot of great info, Amanda. Thank you so much. I do have just a few more questions for you before we wrap up. The music videos, um, is this just incidental? All these projects keep coming up or is there something that attracts you to this strand of animation? Do you think you consider this preferable to just original content? Um, well, I work as a full-time freelance animator. Uh, like that's my income. That's the bulk of my income. Um, I also teach part-time, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, doing these jobs is the bulk of it. And I think the more you do of something, the more of that, the more that thing comes to you. So like the more music videos I make, the more music video job offers I get. And I think out of, well, the first thing I'll say also is that like, I do do other projects that maybe are like less featured in my portfolio. Like I'll work on a short film and make animation for the short film or I'm working on a TV show right now, um, but I can't talk about it because I signed an NDA, but, um, but I think with the music videos, it is, they are preferable for me in the commission realm because they are, in my experience, they have been really free and it does feel the closest to making an independent short film. 
it's just like the soundtrack already exists and that is like very freeing I do like I'm trying to make a film right now like my own personal film but it's it's tough it's tough to you know there's not a lot of funding and it's just it's tough but and it's happening slowly but I do wish I could do more of that I wish I could produce more of my own shorts that are like not commission pieces and I hope you find that freedom. It's sad to say, but some of the artists who we featured previously have aired similar concerns, frustrations that in the States, at least, it's difficult to create feature length content outside of the studio system because there's just a lack of public funding for, for art like this. So totally. Yeah, Amanda, once again, really appreciate your time today. I did have just one last question for you. You mentioned that um, you're an educator as well as a respected industry artist. For those listening in, for those who are maybe students wanting to enter the industry, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give to an an aspiring independent such as yourself? Oh gosh. Number one piece of advice is don't make the work that you think people want to see. (laughs) Make make the work that you want to make because that's what's going to get you the work that you that you want to keep pursuing right like stay stay with yourself because i think it is really easy especially with social media to sort of like see what other people are doing and get a little swayed and also to feel like this compare and despair where you're just like looking at all these incredible artists um but like your vision is unique and like stick with yourself and you like i i think that's like the single most important piece of advice I could give, trust yourself too, like, like you rule. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's what I would say to my students. Well said. And I think that's a perfect note to end on. Amanda, once again, really appreciate your time today. For all those listening in, if you would like to see Annihilation Song, it's going to be uh, part of Annie's screening again this coming Sunday. It'll be available from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. In the meantime, if you'd like to continue follow Amanda, uh, we'll include all her pertinent uh, professional and social media links in the interview description. Once again, Amanda, thanks again for uh giving us some of your wisdom. Thank you again for sharing your work. We hope we uh, see you at Annie in the future and um, all the best to you. Thank you, Evan. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. 
So then I dropped some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people. And now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesar rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat 1-888-532-3500. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app. Your app is ready, Emperor.